This is Terrio Media. Broadcasting from Terrio Studios in Glendale, California, it's time for Epic Real Estate Investing with Matt Terrio. Yeah, what's up? Hello, and welcome to Epic Real Estate Investing, the place where I show people how to escape the rat race using real estate. Just got to shift your focus from making piles of money to making streams of money. Change that one thing just one time, and you are on your way to financial freedom. It's not the most exciting path. It's rather dull and boring. I'm warning you. But it is the fastest, and that there's a promise. When Once you get there, life then becomes exciting. And speaking of exciting, tickets are selling fast for the Epic Intensive. Great response. That's uh, September 22nd through the 23rd. And we're going to go ahead. We're going to be shutting down the super early bird pricing at the end of this week. I believe that's Sunday, August 7th. So to take advantage of the 95% discount and get all of the details, you can go do that at epicintensive.com. Spent quite a bit of time on that uh, on the intensive last week, so I'll spare you that for this week just so if you want to be there, listen to last week or, or go get your ticket. You can read all about it, epicintensive.com. And uh, I'll just leave it there for now. Alrighty. So this week, I had a phone call with an old coaching client. But it was, it's, and, and that happens regularly. But what was made this conversation really, you know, story worthy was that, that this particular client, he signed up for my coaching probably almost two years ago, I'd say. And we had a bit of a slow start. He had uh, brought on a partner who was a little skeptical. He's a, he's a, in the medical field. He, uh, my client was in the medical field. He brought out his partner because um, he needed his sweat equity, I guess, and he, so he needed someone to like kind of do run the day to day operations because he was still in his medical practice. So he brought on his partner, and and after a few phone calls and very very little progress. They decided they wanted to hop on a plane and and fly to Los Angeles to you know come meet with me here in my office, see how our operation runs, and then would go over their business and find out where they're stuck and unstick them. And we spent probably I don't know probably three quarters of the day together here in the office. We were whiteboarding, we were planning, we were mapping out their business, and you know we came up with a really nice uh, comprehensive plan. And you know we looked at what they were doing. We kept doing more of the stuff that was working. We tweaked a few things, added this, added that, and by the end of the day. They walked out of the office very pleased with big smiles on their face. And and I was feel like we, you know, we, we covered, you know, kind of just I think all they really needed was just assurance of what they were doing was the accurate thing to do. And they just need to do more of it. So they uh, walked out of here very pleased and uh, with what we'd come up with. And I never heard from them again. And uh, I sent them a few texts here and there. I sent a couple emails, left a voicemail or two and no response. And I was like, hmm, I wonder what's going on with them. And I've always thought about them. And 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 then Mercedes, she just recently told me that we had a, a new supplier of properties in St. Louis. And she said, uh, they said they were your coaching client. And they were very grateful that they had signed up to to coach with you because, you know, they owed their whole business to you. And, and it, that's when it really, you know, took off is after they met with you. And and now they're wholesaling 10 to 15 deals a month. And she said, do you remember Tom Roysom? 
And I was like, sure I do. I, I think about them all the time. And I, you know, I, I wonder what, what happened to those guys? So, you know, sometimes coaching clients, they just drop off the face of the earth and I never know what happened. And I kind of thought they would probably just end up in that group and I would never know, which, you know, I, I guess they do fall in that group, but I did l- learn to discover or I discovered what they did do. But little did I know that after that meeting, that specific meeting, they got everything that they needed and they just took the ball and ran with it. And they were just persistent and they stuck to it. And, uh, you know, 10 to 15 deals a month now when they were, weren't, hadn't done one before that meeting, at least not the, the wholesaling transaction that they're doing right now. So what they did is they, they scheduled a call uh, with me because I wanted to get brought up to speed to see what they were doing and how it all came about. And so I could share that with you. And I recorded the conversation and I thought I'd just play it for you. It's not the best recording, but it's certainly uh, discernible. You, you'll be able to make everything out. So uh, forgive the recording. It just didn't come. I don't know what. I had a button tweaked or something here, but the the interview was just too good. So I'm going to play it for you anyway. Alrighty. So please help me welcome to the show, Mr. Tom Royzum. Tom, welcome to Epic Real Estate Investing. Well, thanks for having me. You bet. You bet. And I was quite surprised. I mean, there's a little bit of a backstory here. Um, you know, I think we started working together a couple years ago, but our work together yeah. wasn't a whole lot. So I'm really interested to see how you've come such a long way with such minimal interaction. I know we had a couple phone calls and some of those were a little bit discouraging in the beginning or a little bit confusing. And then uh, you brought the, your team here to the office and we spent, I don't know, probably half a day to three quarters of a day together. Yeah. And then... It seemed like you guys kind of walked out of here when we were very grateful for that meeting and had everything you wanted and needed. And I don't think we've spoken since, if I'm incorrect. Is that accurate? Uh, that's probably right. We might have talked a little bit after that. I think we may have talked a couple of times for a short period of time after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a whole lot of conversation. I think we we're just kind of getting our ducks in a row. And you know, I think a lot of that conversation or that meeting that we had just kind of reassured us what we were doing was what we needed to do. Just start doing more of it. Perfect, perfect. And here we are almost a, a little over a year later, I guess. And yeah. to my surprise, I hear that we're actually, I think we're in the process or about to be in the process of buying properties from you. Yeah, yeah. You guys are looking at a few of our properties. That's right. <laughs> That's fantastic. Okay, so I want to know everything that happened in between. So let's just kind of start from that day that, uh, well, first of all, I'll start with your background and what was it about real estate that inspired you to, uh, to take action here? Uh, yeah, that's a really good question. I don't remember. I don't know if you remember my background, but uh, I'm a physician. My specialty is pathology. I do remember. Yep. Back in 08, you know, kind of around the time of the uh, the whole uh, bubble bursting in real estate, in my 401k, you know, kind of about what half of it went away. Mm-hmm. I started thinking, you know, I'd really like to take a little more control over my investments. So I just started reading about real estate, and you know. As you start reading that kind of stuff, you you run across rich dad, poor dad. So I ran across that, and you know, uh, that is, is, is as far as like um, buy and hold real estate is something that really seemed like a, a good idea for me. So, you know, I didn't do a whole lot for quite a few years. I, I started another company. That's how I ran into Mark, who had done some uh, flips, fix and flips, mm-hmm. over uh, quite a few year period, just like here and there as he did other jobs. And then at some point. Probably about 2012, we started, maybe even before that, we started doing just some flips. I was still working full-time, and we started doing some flips in our local uh, community here, which is just north of St. Louis. And uh, that just kind of led to uh, doing more and more of it. 
uh, finally, we started looking at, you know, we were, we were tired of trying to find the foreclosures and going through uh, realtors. And, and so we thought, you know, we want to get to these things before they come to foreclosure. Mm -hmm. So then we decided we wanted to just do uh, wholesaling. And that was probably about two and a half years ago. We engaged you probably two years ago. Mm -hmm. And we just kept slowly getting, you know, our feet wet to start out with and then just kind of diving in. And then uh, I started slowing down in my practice probably a year and a half ago. Mm -hmm. And then I'm pretty much out. I do actually I work a half an hour every month in uh, medicine. So I'm pretty much out of that. But wow. I am doing something for a local uh, clinic here. Um, but, yeah, full-time uh, full wholesaling St. Louis. Awesome. Okay, so... I remember kind of our, our biggest issue or the, the big challenge that we were tackling when you came into the office was really finding deals. I remember I know Mark was handling a lot of the phone calls and he was really kind of cynical and resigned in the beginning, thinking nobody was going to sell their house at a discount. And and that was kind of the, yeah. Yeah. remember that conversation? <laughs> yeah, I do. I remember that. It's funny now that you say that because yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I know we're going to find people. It's going to be a needle in a haystack, but it's just, you know. You got to just get through the haystack to find the needle. <laughs> yeah, Mark was pretty, pretty right? skeptical. And, yeah, now, pretty... and now he's probably one of the, the, the big, maybe even a bigger advocate than you are. Um, yeah, as far, as far as his enthusiasm goes. When you guys left here, we went over some basic systems. I showed you what we were doing. I introduced you to our guy, David, that was doing that for us at the time. And so what happened? Where, where was the big shift? When did it all, like, was there a moment or was it very, very gradual? Um, you know, it was pretty gradual. Uh, uh, so one of our big issues was just getting on the phone, talking to sellers, um, you know, that whole process. Um, you know, we weren't really excited about it. Uh, we were doing it. And then at some, we, we kind of got the, um, you know, the flywheel moving. And then it, pretty much as soon as we felt comfortable, like, Hey, we need, you know, we could, we could uh, hand this off and we could like teach somebody how to do this part of it. Mm -hmm. We did. And so we found a, uh, we actually went through several, um, I wouldn't call them acquisitions cause they really didn't go out. They just did, you know, phone calls and, uh, but we put them under contract on a phone call uh -huh. and, uh, went through several local people and they just didn't, you know, didn't pan out cause they just, you know, they'd make like. 13 calls in a day and that just wasn't getting it done right it's a funny story we actually one of one of our uh one of our guys uh the guy was asking thirty six thousand for the house uh -huh. and he off he offered to pay thirty eight thousand. so I'm, I'm pretty sure the next day we we, we had to let him go <laughs> right he wasn't grasping the concept there <laughs> yeah not, not really he had a tough time so really what, what we ended up doing is we ended up focusing on the uh, rental properties in St. Louis. Mm -hmm. And so that's really all we sent to, or that's all we were looking at on Craigslist. And those are basically our marketing. We tried a little bit of uh, bandit signs and um, a little bit of, uh, of bird dogging. Mm -hmm. Not a lot. Never really dove into it. Um, didn't really produce much when we did it. But, you know, honestly, we probably haven't done it enough to really assess that. But. Mm -hmm. So mostly it's been it's been yellow letters and a Craigslist, but to the rental market in St. Louis. But once we got we found a guy uh, a, a VA, and uh, he's just been fantastic. Got it. And 
you know, we taught them, <clears throat> excuse me, we taught them, uh, you know, how to do it basically. And, uh, you know, just worked with them and worked with them and worked with them and did it at the same time. And, uh, yeah, once we got him, it just, uh, you know, cause he's making about 45 phone calls a day, probably mm -hmm. talking, you know, having a good conversation with about, well, 13 to 14 a day on average. Mm -hmm. And I'd say about every other day we put something under contract. Wow. That's, those are great numbers. So where did you find your, uh, your virtual assistant? Um, I went to a company, you know, I didn't want to go to Odesk and try to figure out, you know, how to find somebody cause I just wasn't that familiar with it. Uh -huh. Um, or, or a, a similar. So I, I ran across this company that, uh, it's called my Outdesk. Oh. Uh, I think they're out of San Francisco or someplace. Uh -huh. And so, so, you know, they did some training in real estate even though it wasn't for uh, investors, it was more for um, agents. Uh, for real estate agents, mm -hmm. you know, getting getting leads. But at least it was kind of something. And they did some they did some training, so they knew some of the terminology. Um, so I just started interviewing a few. I ran across a guy named uh, John, and um, you know, gave him a shot. And you know, he was pretty, um, you know, kind of a D, D, D personality on the disc and. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, as now one of the things that we found was it was difficult uh, for people to uh, shoot somebody a low cash offer, and so of course that was the first thing that I was uh, concerned about. But yeah, you didn't have any problem doing that. So mm. you know, if you can get past that, you can kind of you can probably do the rest of it. So it was more of the what you kind of noticed was maybe the hesitation in your own mind, like you don't want to insult or offend somebody. So you were kind of nervous about sending that offer. He had no problem with it at all. That's did I understand that right? Well, no, I never, I never really did. Uh -huh. uh, so I would give a low price. Uh, but anybody that we had come in to uh -huh. to do this, uh, do this for us, I mean, it was they just had a really hard time, you know, offering fifty percent, <laughs> right? Fifty percent. Got it. I think one of the things also that helped is. Most of the people that we uh, work with, or you know, most of the sellers, are investors also. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of, you know, some of them have just inherited a house from their, you know, mom died or whatever. But uh, a lot of them are investors. Mm -hmm. A lot of them have owned the house or have rented, and now they want to get out of the business. So you know, it's not unusual for them to expect a pretty low price, and it either works, it either works or it doesn't. So it's, you know, the negotiation is really not that difficult. You right. know. Right. Yeah, if you find someone with the right motivation, then it's not that difficult. Yeah, exactly. It so, really isn't. You know, mm -hmm. kind of gotten past the whole caring about you know what they think, or it's just you know it is. It, and we tell them, you know, it either works for us or it doesn't. It either works for you or it doesn't. If it works for both of us, you know, let's do it. Okay, so you said you're sending to rental properties. Uh, how are you looking up those rental properties and who to send to? Uh, we use List Source. Okay. So you're just doing absentee so, owners? Yeah, just absentee owners. Yeah. Got it. Got it. And then you're sending them yellow letters. Is that pretty much all you've sent? Or have you sent postcards as well? We've sent yellow letters. In fact, our list is about 8,000, mm -hmm. maybe 8,200. And for the past couple of months, uh, we've basically sent about 1,200 a week. Okay. Um, we've, we're going to start sending postcards. Um, we're going to increase the uh, the time between to about six weeks instead of eight weeks. So we had about eight thousand, a little over eight thousand, so we're sending about twelve hundred a week, something like that, eleven hundred a week. 
And uh, so it takes us eight weeks to get through that list. Or yeah, eight weeks to get through that list. Okay, so you send a list once every other month, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Super. And then how many phone calls is that generating? Do you do you have an idea on the number or a percentage on your response? Yeah, we're getting about uh, like a one point five ish. You know, one point five. Yeah, one point five percent response. Okay. You know, some weeks it's a little better, some weeks it's a little worse, but it's somewhere in there. All right. So the one of the things I've a lot of people on this that are in this audience, they've a lot of them want, think their market isn't good enough and they want to do it virtually, and uh, you know one one of the biggest issues or, or stumbling blocks or challenges for people to get past is actually training somebody. And I just kind of wanted to point out because I had somebody uh, another client on here a while back, probably over a year ago now, McKenzie, and she's just absolutely conquered the whole virtual assistant thing, and she works like I don't know two or three hours a week, and her VA does everything else. And yeah. but she mentioned how she had to go through quite a few of them before she found that right person. And it sounds like you had the same thing. And I think there's just a lesson there that, you know, you might have to go through a few people and until you find the right one. Do you have any tips in or what if you were to do it all over again, how would you go to find this guy that you're using now? How would you find him right off the bat? Oh, boy, that's a good question. Um, so I, it's really hard to know before they actually start doing it. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I've been looking at, we're looking at some other people to hire too. And so we, we did the disc on them, which kind of gives you an idea of their personality type. So I'm looking some, for somebody with like a D personality, kind of a forceful personality, a get things done kind of, kind of deal. Mm -hmm. um, but it almost seems like they understand the test. And so they just take it to what you, they think you're going to want. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, you know, I typically will, uh, I, I kind of know what I'm looking for. So I'll ask them different questions to try to tease some of that out before I hire them. But, you know, honestly, it's, it's you know, I kind of give them a chance. Uh, and, you know, you can't be afraid to uh, let them go pretty quick. Mm -hmm. uh, if they're not, if, if they can't, like, overcome some of the, um, you know, the biggest challenges, like I said, uh, you know, offering somebody 10,000 bucks when they're asking 30, or, yeah, 10,000 when they're, when they're asking thirty-five thousand for it, you know. So if if they can't do that right away, then you know, I would say you know, just move on. Mm -hmm. Don't spend a whole month knowing that they're probably not going to get to it. If they can't get to that pretty quick, they're never going to get to it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and it's, I think it's kind of a gut feel. You kind of know. So I would say you know, after you kind of know, maybe give them another day or so. And then if things don't get better, I mean, just, you know, move on, okay. um, you know, cause everybody's nice and it's, it's hard to let people go, but you know, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Are you using, how are you keeping track of them? Are you using, what CRM are you using? What phone system are you using? Uh, we use Podio. Okay. And then, uh, you know, that works good. And then, uh, Skype is uh, the phone system that they use to call the U.S. And, and we've got a uh, St. Louis uh, area code and phone number for them. We've got, a, uh, we've got an administrative person, too, that works with us. So your person is, in, uh, is overseas? Yeah, they're in the Philippines. They're in the Philippines, okay. Yeah. And they're getting a contract every other day straight over the phone. Yeah. Super. So by my math, that's, what, 15 deals a month? Yeah, so uh, we're not obviously we don't close on you know all of those, mm -hmm. but we're probably closing on uh, you know on average about ten of them over the last couple of months, maybe a little more. I think in in uh, 
in June we closed on 11. Sweet. I think in May it was like it was either nine or ten. So what's the procedure for for your guy? He gets the uh, phone call. He comes to an agreement with the seller, and then to put it under contract. Is it just via email? Is it fax or is it DocuSign? Something like that. Yeah, we sent him a contract over DocuSign. Okay. Uh, we found that's the you know the whole email thing. Them downloading it. Right. And then printing it, then signing it, then scanning it, then sending it back to us was was a lot more difficult than it really needed to be. Yeah, that's terrible. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so, yeah, DocuSign works awesome. Super. And, and DocuSign tells you if they've looked at it, tells you if it's completed, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can stay up with the, the process of the whole transaction that way. Yeah, yeah. Super. All right, so you get an executed contract back, and then... The next step is to go out and find a buyer. Uh-huh. What have been your most successful ways in finding buyers and building your cash buyers list? You know, honestly, um, it's kind of interesting. Um, I would say the the um, the buyers in St. Louis um, are typically harder to sell to because they want to buy it for the same amount that you paid. You mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we realized was that, you know, that's probably not a really good buyer for us because, you know, we, we, we can't make a thousand bucks on each of these, you know, and survive. Right. Uh, so what we did is we, we started having, uh, meetups in California. Mm-hmm. And so we've had them in San Diego. In fact, that's what Mark's doing there right now. Uh, um, in San Diego, in LA, in Sacramento, in, uh, San Jose, Actually, I think we've had a couple in. Uh, I think we've got two different locations in L.A. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that this is the third time that Mark's been out there uh, doing that. Um, so that's probably been the best. And we find one, you know, we'll find a, a buyer once in a while around here too. But those meetups have been fantastic. Awesome, awesome. So you've literally gone to meetup.com and started your own group. Yes. Okay, and then you hold your own event. Now, are you wholesaling there, or are you actually is this like a turnkey type model that you guys are running? Um, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, we're wholesaling. Yeah. Um, okay. But you know, I mean, it's, you know, it's a meetup.com thing. So it's informational. Of course, we're the only ones there giving them information. So if they're interested, they obviously come to us, you know, and it's called long distance cash flow. Okay. Um, but they come to us if they're, you know, if that's something they're interested in. Got it. And are you using any special promotion techniques to get people to your event or just through the meetup engine? Just through the Meetup Engine and uh, and Facebook. And Facebook. Yeah. Are you running ads on Facebook? No, we're not doing any paid Facebook. Okay. You just got a Facebook page and post stuff there. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. And how many people are showing up to each event? Um, it depends on you know. In San Diego, we had like thirty some. Um, the first one and like twenty some. Uh, one of the people that came to our our meetup in San Diego. Is a guy who's is a, a couple of guys who have a um, a big that's uh, um, not a meetup but a big group uh, that they run in San Diego. Uh-huh. So that helped a lot getting them, and then they advertised it or put it on their um, their group awesome. investment club, I should say. Uh, that helped quite a bit. Um, in in uh, Los Angeles, uh, like the first time we had about six. The second time we had, I think, like 10 or 11. Uh-huh. Next time we had somewhere around the same. Um, Sacramento, a little bit less. 
Uh-huh. So, you know, it's probably about 10 or less. So not a lot of people. So it's not, it's not a big, huge, uh, you know, 30 to 50 people sure. show, showing up every time. Yeah, it doesn't have to be, though, does it? No, it doesn't. Right? In fact, it'd be a little overwhelming, I think. Yeah, yeah. So at, at the meetings, are, is there any sort of education going on? Or are you just talking shop? Or are you just pitching properties? How does that, what happens at the meeting? Uh, yeah, so we just talk a lot about uh, the markets. Um, you know, we kind of give an overview of, of uh, in, well, you know, we kind of address Calif- the California market as far as a cash flow market. Uh-huh. And everybody understands it's, it's, you know, for the most part, it's not a cash flow market. It's an appreciation market. Right. And so we just go through the cash flow uh, advantage, you know, the advantages of cash flow and, you know, the, the price of the properties, the returns you get are, you know, are fantastic. And, you know, just kind of go through all that. The, the you know, St. Louis, the pros and cons of St. Louis, why it's a good market. Mm-hmm. So if people wanted to connect with you, that's at long distance cash flow. Yeah. On meetup.com. Yeah. Um, great. So I guess in hindsight, what do you think uh, about the the coaching, the Epic Pro Academy, the podcast? What has made the had the biggest impact on your business? Um, that's a good question. You know, it's pro- honestly, it's probably nothing in particular. It's probably the whole thing. You know, it's, it's at some point it's, it's kind of hard to believe that you can do it. Mm-hmm. And I think it kind of, for me, it kind of goes back to, uh, you know, if Matt can do it, I can do it, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> so, I think that's the truth. <clears throat> you know, I mean, I don't think any, anybody that does it has any special, uh, you know, any special whatever's, you know, mm-hmm. so it's just a it's just a matter of like believing you can do it. And, and, you know, honestly, it, it kind of seems like it's pretty straightforward and simple, but there's a fair amount of nuance uh, to the whole the whole thing, and you just have to like do it and get in and keep doing it and doing it and doing it, and uh, you know if you do that, then you're going to be successful. But you can't you can't stop and you can't quit because we had kind of some starts and stops, but once we really decided that we were going to do it, you know it's been uh, you know we've been pretty successful at it. Right. Still having issues, but uh, you know we're we're going in the right direction and moving forward. So yeah, sounds like it. I mean, I don't think you guys had, had gotten a deal the last time we met, and now we're we're ten a month. So yeah, yeah exactly. Fantastic! Congratulations. So looking back in hindsight, again on the other side of the coin, if you know you're going to go through that process all over, say the last two years, what is one thing that you would do differently, or one thing that you wouldn't do? Um. You know, probably uh, stop thinking. You know, my tendency is to like think about everything before I do it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So just uh, uh, once you learn uh, something, just go and do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and kind of learn as you do rather than try to learn uh, through listening to people. Mm-hmm. Got it. Not think so much. Yeah, I, I, I suspect that a lot of people that kind of get into it or kind of have my same. Uh, uh, same mentality, you right. know, they want, like know everything before they do it, where you, you really you can't know it until you do it. Right. You know, there, there, it is a really simple business, but there are also a lot of moving parts at the same time. And it, it is very easy to fall into that over analysis and, and lose sight of how simple the business actually is. It is. You know, and I would, you know, you talked about some turning point. I remember when we had a deal that was that uh, was happening. And I don't remember the particulars of it now. But I remember I was driving in my car, and the deal was like going through 
uh, like either the same day or the next day. And uh, I get a call uh, from the from the um, title company, and they said, uh, you know, something was wrong. You know, like the whole thing was going to fall, <laughs> you know, it's on the verge of falling through, you know, those kind of phone calls. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember thinking, normally what I would do is I would just like wait and kind of see what, what happens, you know, probably for a half a day. Uh-huh. And I thought, you know what, I can't do that. I got to try to figure this out. I'm going to make this thing happen. I'm going to make it happen right now. And so I started, I started calling, you know, all of the players, the buyer and the seller and the title company, and uh, we just made it happen. And that was that was a pretty big deal for us. Awesome, awesome. You know, sometimes uh, people get confused by going through the motions, and you know they're executing the right activities on a daily basis, but they lose track of what their actual intent is. They're like, well, I sent out the mail, I called them, and nobody wants to sell, so I guess it doesn't work. Or you can go ahead and you can send out the mail, you can call them, and then you can make it work. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, and I think one of the biggest things is I don't think we realize what we sound like on the phone. But once we, once, you know, I came to and I trained my guy to come to, you know, if this is not a deal for you, it's not a deal for me right now, then you know what? Hey, that's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll just, we'll just move on. And I think that kind of an attitude, I think sellers really like that. Mm-hmm. And they respect it, and they think, oh, you know, this guy must know what he's doing. And therefore, there's a little bit of trust built. So if they really do want to sell it, they say, oh, they either agree now or they come back to you. Right. And I think that's a pretty important uh, place to get to. And you only get to that through uh, doing it, through experience. Right, right. It's you something... Otherwise, you sound like you just started, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and when you and do... You, it... want every, you want every deal to work out, you know, and you're, and you're like, desperate. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. When you're in the beginning, like you're just dying to do a deal for the sake of doing a deal. Right. But when you get through it and you've done a couple of those deals that you think back, maybe I shouldn't have done that deal. Now, all of a sudden you have a different disposition of, you know, if it's not a deal for me, it's not a deal for you. It's not the right time. That's perfectly okay. We'll just move on to the next one and maybe we'll cross paths somewhere down the road again. When right. You have, when you have that air of confidence and that air of, uh, you know, you're, you're not showing neediness and you're not showing that desperation. All of a sudden, a lot more things start to tip in your favor. <laughs> exactly right yeah my son is doing some uh, lease options out in idaho mm-hmm. and i was talking to him the other day and he had this one deal that the guy just kept asking him questions and questions i told him i said you know what tell him next time you talk to him say hey you know everything that i know either you want to do it or you don't and so if you want to do it <laughs> give me a call but i don't have time for this mm-hmm. and uh you know basically hung up the phone well of course he calls him the next day telling him he wants to do it of course he did <laughs> yeah. As soon as you're afraid to walk away, you've lost. But when you're when you're not afraid to walk away, you win so many more. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So that was a big deal for us. Fantastic. Well, great. I mean, what what now? What's next? What do you see for the future? Just more of the same or do you got bigger plans? Um, yeah, that's a good question. So, you know, we want to continue to do wholesaling, obviously. Um Right now we're doing like C class. Um, you're gonna, we're probably gonna, we're gonna keep doing C class properties in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. We'll probably start doing some B class properties. Um, but we really, really want to get better at, uh, you know, and continue to refine the wholesaling. And we're gonna start once we probably hit 15 properties a month. We're gonna start buying and holding ourselves. Mm-hmm. Cool. So we've got an event. I don't know if you even know about it. Uh, September 22nd and 23rd. 
out here in Los Angeles. I'd love for you and Mark and your son to show up. So you guys, that invitation is extended to you to be my guest. All right. All right. And then uh, we've already got, I don't know, we're going to have a pretty full house. We've got a ton of people already registered. And, you know, I know after this conversation, the people that come on here and share the success, they gain some sort of immediate celebrity inside of this epic community and they start receiving emails like are you real is this true did you really do what you said you did and uh, yeah so so expect that and uh i know if if you're there and i'll keep the audience updated whether you're going to be able to make it or not but uh i know that uh, they just love to to talk to experienced real estate investors especially people that started you know kind of where they started and didn't start there not it wasn't too long ago when they were in that position so right right i would love for you to come out and be my my vip guest yeah that'd be fantastic well tom thanks and hopefully we'll uh we'll chat soon all right okay thanks say everything you did for us yeah you bet you bet my pleasure say hey to mark i will thank you man uh-huh take care all right you too bye bye Okay, so if you can't make it to the intensive and you'd like to connect with Tom, you can reach him at tom at fairoffers.com. That's T-O-M at fairoffers. That's F-A-I-R-O-F-F-E-R-Z. Fairoffers with a Z dot com. Until next week, to your success, I'm Matt Terrio, living the dream. You've been listening to Epic Real Estate Investing, the world's foremost authority on separating the facts from the BS in real estate investing education. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to visit iTunes and share your thoughts. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time here at Epic Real Estate Investing with Matt Terrio.